0: You're listening to the SugarCane podcast, where you get all of crypto's tastiest tidbits. Here's your hosts, Sheldon Trotman and Rudy Dogan.
1: Welcome, welcome! And today we're talking about DApps. (laughs) DApps. (laughs) DApps. So I love the word DApps. I think it's Mm -hmm. a fun word to like follow along. But what does a DApp mean? What's it stand for, Sheldon?
0: So ADAP, uh, D-app also referred to. So it's a decentralized application. So it's kind of like, instead of taking an existing mobile app or a website that it's owned by one company, one organization kind of can choose to update or control it. So a DAP, otherwise referred to as a decentralized application, is a network of smart contracts that live on the blockchain for anyone.
1: So back to the other episodes we were talking about where you have smart contracts and they're kind of like apps built on top of it, which were classified as a DAP. Mm -hmm. So the apps that you get from the app store are apps, normal apps that are in control technically by Apple or Google because they can take it down whenever they want to take it down or give control to anyone else. But even if you're developing it, it doesn't mean you have control over it sometimes. So with a DAP, that means you have full control because it's, the smart contract that's permissionless and decentralized in the blockchain. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. And do you have any uh, favorite dApps that you use? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, of course, everyone, for the most part, uses Uniswap. So for those who don't know, Uniswap is what's called a DEX, so a decentralized application, or decentralized exchange, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, not a DAP. And so the way that that works is that you're basically exchanging one token for another token so that's a pretty popular one i use a lot um i use ave pretty frequently so like being able to lend uh us dollars out and be able to get some return, some yield over time on that um again then this is financial advice just me suggesting what i use and have fun with. of course <laughs> um and there's a couple other social like dApps that i use as well like lens farcaster these are ones that allow you to actually engage like tweets online so essentially like think of twitter or now x but in a social format, so another one I kind of use pretty frequently.
1: That's, that's the thing too. It, it ranges from anything. Just like, again, like, I, I feel like a lot of people think of dApps as something that has to be like financially, uh, part of like some something about financial program, but like mm-hmm. DAP can be really anything. It can be a social mm-hmm. app, it can be exchange, it can be a contract for a real estate, it can, it can really be anything. So, I mean, these yeah. are like game chang- game changers. So can you like break down why they're causing such a stir?
0: So historically, you'd have to, if you want to like interact with a financial application, right? You'd have to get approval by a bank where you have to have a specific account, let's say on Robinhood, to interact with options, for example. Um, but now with kind of decentralized financial applications, you now have this whole world of decentralized apps, so depths that you can interact with, that you don't need any one account, And so you can actually interact with them without having to talk to anyone. You can um, trade in any way that you want without having any restrictions on that. So it's a way to like kind of break down the barriers
1: of kind of user control and user action. For sure. And I feel like there's a new DAP coming out all the time. Oh, for sure. And and in so many different (laughs) industries too. Yeah. Is it, it's like, it's really giving people back ownership and access to whatever they feel most comfortable, you know, interacting with, it's, it's yeah. nice to know that, oh, I, when I interact with this exchange, it's me and the exchange and everyone else who's involved using this exchange kind of collaborating, mm-hmm. working together to making, making it into an efficient ecosystem. And like there's all other, other smart contracts are you know, disrupting multiple industries, like, can you share some other examples that, uh, that you found?
0: Yeah, so it's a couple of different areas that <clears throat> I tend to think about. Like, of course, finance, um, crypto's kind of first big use case was financial applications. So anything from like economic stability, like if you're talking about actually being able to hold the U.S. dollar without having a U.S. bank account. So like for example, yeah. someone who's in another country, we talked about that before, where like your actual base currency for your countries gets like devalued pretty quickly, like um, like Argentina, like Venezuela, like. Um, parts of like Europe as well the, the actual currency gets devalued very quickly but you actually have economic stability there uh, a couple of different applications in terms of like supply chains as well So like if you're talking about like tracking where products came from and actually the origin of that like the whole concept of like organic foods is about being able to sort, verify that the actual source, the farm that it came from abided by certain pesticide rules and not have pesticides, all sorts of like provenance and, and journeys that you're able to verify through just supply chains as well mm-hmm. as like and completely other lens. nothing we're talking about just now, just about social. So like yeah. we're talking about owning your own profiles to be able to control your own accounts and not get like deplatformed. You now have control of your account and you actually have no one central entity that can like take you away from that or take that from you.
1: And like when you're, when you're talking about the food stuff that, that was like what kind of hits home for me because yeah, you know, I shop at whatever grocery store has a like good deals or is close by, whatever is the occasion, like less traffic, but I yeah. go to the grocery store, I'm like, let me try to be like, you know, someone who buys fair trade and organic, mm-hmm. and something, something, something certified by whatever stamp yeah. of approval with whatever organization made it. And I have, I have no idea what they really are doing. Like, they're just saying that they're certified. But what does organic even mean? Like, anyone can just <laughs> somehow label themselves organic if they find a way to bend the rules to make it work for them. Then. But with Dabs, yep. it'll... You can have a DAP that actually is much more uh, scrutinized by the community and watched over by the community to regulate how it's supposed to be governed. And I think there's no better, uh, no better. Let's see. Judge then people (laughs) because they are ruthless. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) People are ruthless. They will go after you (laughs) if you mess up, especially if you're trying to present yourself as someone who's fair trade. And if you mess up once, that's going to be on your permanent record, which would be the blockchain. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I mean, of course, we tend to trust these companies with what they offer, but there's no better way to prove something other than that's written on the blockchain. And, you know, of course, as it grows, there's also that hype around like security and scalability. And I definitely want to know more about like the real challenges of, of DApps.
0: Yeah, for sure. So like we talk a lot about the positives in the crypto blockchain space, but the reality is that like right now, um, if you're doing anything on chain, it still is fairly uh, like costly in that, in order to do a transaction, for example, it costs about like 30, 40 cents to make like just a swap, which is a pretty simple action, but it's still fairly costly. That's a pretty big knock that crypto gets a lot, but there's a lot of scalability solutions to make that whole process cheaper. To be honest, also the process is still fairly slow. So if you're talking about creating a transaction on chain, it still is it takes about like 12 seconds if you're talking about Ethereum, maybe like four or five seconds if you're talking about another kind of L2 or layer two. Um, but again, those are more solutions that there are more solutions that are coming out that help. Make things more efficient and faster there as well. So, I'm certain over time, both the cost, the um, the speed, the security will all get improved um, as, as we go further. So, given another like two, three years, I think things will get a lot faster and better.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's other thing. People don't want to keep paying more for something. So, obviously, now <laughs> with such a high demand or high gas fees, you don't want to pay a lot of money to find out your food's organic or not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're using the, something like sugarcane, yes. <laughs> <Plug.
0: laughs> Yeah, no. that's uh, your away. <laughs> get rid of the gas, the cost, the speed.
1: <laughs> it's the future. It's what's yeah, going to no. happen. That's the new technology <laughs> that's growing in our system is abstracting all that away. using smart contract wallets get all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. As cheap as possible. We're working on it, yeah. folks. Don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then this brings out the other point is, you know. A lot of companies who've devoted their lives to creating these applications in the Web2 world, you know, what should they be worried about with dApps? So, yeah, so like um, you're seeing that big tech companies like, for example, PayPal uh,
0: recently getting more deeper into the kind of blockchain cryptocurrency space just because they see that's where the future is going, where people now have uh, more control over their assets and they want to do things without having barriers and restrictions on them. So, like, again, in that PayPal context, they launched what's called a, um, a U.S. dollar backed stablecoin. So essentially now can create U.S. dollars on the blockchain that can be used for, like, other financial applications. And so you definitely see a lot more companies, like, I know JP Morgan also has a big arm, Visa has a big arm, MasterCard also has a big arm. So, like, a lot of these big companies are realizing that here's writing on the wall. This is where the future is going for finance. Um, let's start getting into that and building technology there so we can get
1: ahead of the curve. Exactly. And... I, for one, do appreciate when large companies like, you know, PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, these banking systems are working with new technology because it's hard to remember that once something has momentum, like Mm -hmm. the internet did or like blockchain and crypto does have now, it's hard to stop it. And if you see something disrupting your current technology or your current systems, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a signal for you having a new opportunity to grow, to grow with it. Yeah. Otherwise, if you yeah. try to stop it or halt it or just talk poorly about it until you realize, Oh no, I have to adopt or get held back. Um, it's just, it's not a pretty look.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not like uh, we talked a lot about just like financial, financial companies, but like, even like um, Starbucks, they also got into the to the NFT yep. game. Uh, Nike got into the NFT game. Adidas got into it. Reddit also is pretty pretty uh, big into the NFT um, game as well. So like a lot of companies who are non like financial in nature are also seeing blockchain as the the next emergence of internet technology, internet ownership of assets. So it's a huge thing to start thinking about and get into. Exactly,
1: and for anyone who's trying to build a DApp. What would be your go-to advice for them?
0: Yeah, honestly, like how I got into it, uh, this was back in 2016, 2017. I just looked at a bunch of YouTube videos, to be honest, <laughs> like especially now, like <laughs> YouTube has been so like good at putting out high quality content like the Sugarcane Podcast, um, yes. <laughs> of like how you can actually break down code, look at like actual um, how these smart contracts work. Um, so definitely a, my go-to source, for me at least has is, is been YouTube. Yeah,
1: for sure. I'm definitely a visual learner, too. I need to see things happening for me to learn. And then I read on the side. But yeah, I mean, that's like that's the whole essence of ADAP. It's the idea or the imagination of it is more complicated than it really is. It's basically what you were doing today with regular applications. Rather, instead of building in a more private fashion, it's built in a more public fashion and more accessible to Anyone and it's directly integrated with blockchain ecosystem, whichever blockchain you use, um, that can support a DApp. And yeah, it's more of a decentralized form to bring an app to the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll start to see like a lot of mobile applications and websites start to have like blockchain enabled technology. It won't actually even feel, but you'll be able to get the benefits of like ownership and sovereignty um and those are kind of benefits that you get over time just by using blockchain technology so they'll definitely come a lot more to more simple solutions
1: oh yeah so yeah we'll, uh we're excited to see what DApps you'll publish here but yeah thank you again for listening and we'll see you next week for some more tasty tidbits the tastiest of tidbits <laughs> <laughs> see ya see you. see ya.